Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Men of Iron podcast. My name is Jeff Reimold, and I'm the chief executive mentor located at our headquarters here in Mannheim, PA. We're in the middle episode of a three-part series where I get to share some stories about really great mentorship encounters that I've had over the years to dig up some powerful mentorship principles that we can use in our mentorships to make them more effective. There are many ways to impact a man's life, but from our experience here at Men of Iron, the most impactful way is through one-on-one mentorships. Our Strong 27 and Executive Mentorship programs are intentionally protege-driven and last a minimum of one year. From scriptural stories of Barnabas and Paul to Paul and Timothy, this mentorship model of iron sharpening iron rings just as true today as it ever has. We have a library of videos and stories of how men's lives have been changed through our mentorship resources. All the honor and praise goes to the Lord because he's called us to be obedient and deliberate about our approach to changing a culture one man at a time. If you tuned in last week, you heard me share a story about how important Dennis was for me early in my career. He did such a great job creating a culture of freedom through showing me grace and forgiveness. I shared another story about how Roger jarred me to life with an awakening moment and inspired me to pursue the potential that he saw in me. This week, I'm going to share a couple of stories about guys named Phil. I had the fortune to be mentored by two different Phils that brought very different skill sets, skill sets to the table. Both fed into me exactly what I needed for the season I was in. I met the first Phil when I joined the team at Sight & Sound back in 2006. He was the director over the department that I had managed. From the very first day that I met him, I had respect for the way he carried himself and for the obvious amount of experience he had in the IT field. Over the first couple of years, he was really good at coaching me to be a better overall leader and to think about IT in a more holistic way. Then, 2008 happened. I had never experienced anything like that before, and thankfully, by then, we had already established a good mentor-protege relationship. It was tough on us because we were considered Christian entertainment and with all, with all the shaky ground in the financial world, we were one of the first industries to take a hit. Like most organizations during that time, we had a financial freeze in effect throughout the organization. Our department issues really resided around the fact that we already had some technology that was old and heading out um, as we entered into that season. So many times during those two or three years, we had the equipment on its last leg and I would go to Phil and tell him I didn't think it was going to, it was going to make it through. Phil would always remain calm and would help me to come up with creative ways to keep things up and running. He was so good at being resilient and showing grit. It was extremely helpful for me to see him operate out of this place of calm ingenuity. He had this determination to remain excellent despite the uncontrollable factors that we were facing. So from 2008 until 2010, I can't tell you how many times he and I would have conversations about how to take a step back, assess the issue, take inventory of what our options were for repair, and put in the hard work to get her done. That's why the words that come to mind when I think about what Phil showed me during that time are resilience and grit. We faced a bunch of tough obstacles that we had to persevere through. And at the end of the day, we had to do what it took to get the job done. Even if it meant spending 28 straight hours rebuilding an email server for our 450 or so employees. 
Let's fast forward though to 2019 when I met Phil number two. Longer story here, but God laid on my heart to plant a church in Lancaster City. So Mary and I partnered up with three other leaders who believed in the vision and embarked on the journey. God provided pretty good blueprint for what we were trying to accomplish, but the landscape of spiritual warfare and ethnic diversity wasn't something that I was fully prepared for. It quickly became evident that I needed a mentor who had experience ministering in the city. The more I asked around, the more I felt um, directed towards Pastor Phil. As soon as I spent time with him, I knew in my heart that this was the guy. I wasn't sure if he'd be willing to mentor me because he was really busy and he had a lot of other people he was mentoring. But after meeting a time or two, he asked me, I asked him if he'd be interested in mentoring me. And he basically responded with a series of questions about my why and what, and why I thought planning another church in the city was important and all those types of things. And at the end of the conversation, he agreed to mentor me over that two year mentoring time. I really came to respect his apostolic approach to everything God laid in front of him. He fed into me in a, in way more than I had ever expected. And it helped me beyond words. Honestly, it was hard for me to just come up with two items to pull from that relationship for this podcast. Pastor Phil had been a pillar in Lancaster for 30 years or so at that point. He had seen God move in so many ways and it had ma- had made such an impact in the city that I was absolutely blessed just to be associated with him. There were always these two common themes to our meetings and conversations, though. He cared so deeply for the people he came in contact with. He shared the same love for them regardless of their ethnicity, education, background, age, gender, you name it. It really reminded me of the type of love that God has for us, and nothing seemed to interfere with that. The other thing is, He genuinely wanted to get to know the people that he came in contact with. We shared so many great stories about our past, and it was in that desire to get to know me that I believe he understood how God wanted to use him to impact me. He spoke to me in a way that made me feel like he really got where I was coming from and what I was struggling with. Simply put, he cared uncompromisingly, and he took the time to genuinely get to know me. Now, these two fills that spoke so strongly into my life laid out some mentorship characteristics that I've used in my own mentoring relationships. And just to reiterate, these four traits of a healthy mentor-protege relationship are to, number one, be resilient. Keep your eyes and ears open to what your protege is telling you and how the Holy Spirit might be revealing to you. There are so many ways that men can get distracted from being all that God created us to be. So be prepared to hear all that they may be facing as you walk through this journey with them. Depending on where they're at, there may be many layers that, they're, that they have to work through. Number two, show grit. Especially on the protege side of things, change can be really difficult, but if you channel what your mentor is he- trying to do through helping you, and show grit to push through it, it'll be worthwhile. Mentors, if your first bit of advice doesn't work for them, try offering another option. Always keep yourself in tune with the Holy Spirit. And number three, care. If you really care, it'll come through in your mentoring relationship, and your protege will want to do the things that you're challenging them to do. 
but you have to be authentic with that. Number four, get to know them. The more we really know the people we're trying to help, the better we'll be able to understand their perspective and what advice may speak to where they're at. Now, these four are big things, but I know without a doubt that if you put them into practice in your mentoring relationship, the mentor and the protege will both be positively impacted. These stories over these last two episodes are so huge, but there are three other men that also played a big role for me as mentors as well. They are Tommy, Peter, and Brian. As I was thinking through what I wanted to share on this podcast, it dawned on me just how blessed I've been to have these seven men in my life. I feel so fortunate because they each played a a huge role in me becoming the leader and the man that I am today. I want to turn that around and someday have a man or two who can say that I played a similar role for them through mentorship. As we start to wrap this up, I just got two different action steps for you this week. For those who are already in a mentor-protege relationship, jot, jot down these four characteristics and try to figure out how you can add them into your journey. Be resilient, show grit, care, and get to know them. For others who are considering being a protege, go to menofiron.org and check out our Basecamp resources. They're completely free, but I'd love for you to sign up specifically for a man's game plan. This is a great precursor to our Strong 27 mentorship program, and I believe it's a great next step for you. Once again, I really want to encourage every man listening to this podcast to be mentoring someone and to be mentored by someone. We can change our culture with the help of other men. So tune in to the next episode when I'll be talking about how all this ties together and we'll check out the best example of these characteristics straight out of scripture. If you heard anything today that inspired you, we'd be honored if you'd like, share, or subscribe. Thank you for listening. I pray blessings on each and every one of you in this journey. Peace and God bless. <laughs>